This episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. If you're looking for a superhero-themed mobile game, look no further. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes like Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. The game is currently celebrating its 6 year anniversary, and they're letting new users in on the celebration by providing free stuff, courtesy of our unique link in the show notes. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses, and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all of the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code, so new users can follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Thanks to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc hello everyone and welcome to slash film daily today is friday december 15th 2023 on today's episode of the show we're going to be talking about the latest film news my name is ben pearson i'm an editor at slashfilm.com and i'm joined on today's episode by slash film editor bj colangelo hi 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 yeah all right, BJ, kind of a loosey-goosey news episode here today. There's actually like a decent amount of new stuff that we can talk about. Um, did you happen to see the newest trailer for Dune Part 2? Oh, you know that I did. If we couldn't get the movie this year, I'm just going to have to cling to a trailer for the next couple months. Yeah, I think this might be one of the best trailers of the year, like coming in just under the wire, you know, as December is coming to a close. But I loved this trailer. I thought it just looked incredible. It really blew me away. What was your reaction to it? Oh, same. I was like, if anything, it just made me more sad that I have to wait to watch this movie. But you know what? It's it's a good holdover. I'm, I'm feeling fulfilled a little bit. <laughs> it's a <Yeah>. good appetizer. <laughs> I mean, like, I just, I feel like watching this, I was... It gave me that feeling that, um, I don't know, that like maybe people had in the 70s or something when when these directors were working in, when, when Hollywood was a different place, you know, like the, mm-hmm. this this movie feels like, it, this movie does not feel like a product of Hollywood in 2023, 2024, you know, no, it just, it has it really like, doesn't. <laughs> yeah, like a grand scale and a scope that it feels like no other director is working at, at this magnitude. Like I, I know that, um. You know, when I saw Napoleon, I was talking about how Ridley Scott and his battle scenes in that movie are like nobody else kind of does it like him. And there's like a practicality to the way and a physicality and like a tactile nature of the way that he shoots those battle scenes in that movie. But um, the way that Villeneuve is able to 
incorporate, you know, obviously like CG extensions and stuff and, and creating this otherworldly environment, but also have it feel like, you know, there's real fire and real explosions and like real armies running at each other and all that kind of stuff in this movie. It was just, it's kind of like, it's on a different level. So uh, I don't know. I just wanted to highlight this trailer in case people skipped it or haven't seen it yet or whatever, but um, man, what a, (laughs) what a terrific, like, yeah. It's great. Like, and you also get a lot of scope of this movie as well. It's not one of those trailers where it's like, here's just one little segment. Like you get a lot of world building in this trailer. Yeah. So it's, it's great. (laughs) For sure. So yeah, March 1st is when Dune part two comes out and that date cannot come quickly enough. Um, The next item that I wanted to bring up here is a live action death stranding movie is coming from A24 and Hideo Kojima is, I believe, how you pronounce yeah, his Hideo name. Yeah, Hideo Kojima. Yes. Um, I have not played Death Stranding, so I don't know much about this game. I've, I remember reading reviews when it came out in 2019 and people being like, this thing is kind of wild. Um, do you have any relationship with this game at all? Yeah, so I love Hideo Kojima as a creator. Um, for those that don't know her, the, don't know her, what did I turn Australian for a second? Um, <laughs> for those that don't know him, uh, he is like an auteur of video games. The, so the same way that we like revel in a lot of auteur directors, he does that for video games. Um, Most people know him as like, he invented like Metal Gear. Like that's Mm -hmm. his like big claim to fame, but he's also, he's done so much stuff. And he's also a huge genre nut. Like he loves horror and sci-fi and action more than like anybody. So when you get his seal of approval, like it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, But Death Stranding is like the fact that they're making a live action movie is very, very exciting because as a game, it already is so cinematic. So it kind of feels like, like shocking that it hasn't been done yet, that someone hasn't given him the money to do it yet. Um, It's, it's fantastic. Um, He has uh, Norman Reedus in it. Um, It's just, yeah, let me let me read cool. just in case people have no idea what we're talking about with Death Stranding. Let me just read this one. Uh, Hannah Shaw Williams wrote up this news for Slash Film, and I thought she did a pretty good job of trying to encapsulate what this thing is about. So she said, the game starred Norman Reedus via, via motion capture as a courier who wanders the perilous landscapes of the post-apocalyptic United States, avoiding monsters with the help of a psychic bond that he shares with a premature baby called Lou, who is carried around in a portable synthetic womb. So like, yes. that's what we're talking about here in terms of the the premise of this thing which sounds honestly kind of like an a24 post-apocalyptic movie to to some degree so it seems like a good fit (laughs) um and like if people need any other like reasons to either be excited about this or you know maybe you want to look out and play the game so norman reedus is like the lead in here but you also have like mads mickelson and margaret qualley and then troy baker who people know as the original joel in the last of us um and then also guillermo del toro and nicholas winding refn have cameos like it's (laughs) it's so bananas and uh, to my knowledge, the Death Stranding live action movie doesn't have a director yet, but I know that he's working on a game right now with Jordan Peele. So he's clearly tapped into a lot of like the big genre directors. He could probably have his pick of the litter, honestly. Yeah. But I think I think for Kojima, he would like lose his mind if Guillermo del Toro did this for him. And mm-hmm. he had like, you know, let Guillermo do like a big like post-apocalyptic epic, I think would be really cool. So I'm excited no matter who he gets. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love that if Del Toro was actually able to like get that on his slate. I mean, he's 
one of the most notoriously busy directors we have. So I'm not sure if it would actually work, but that would be really great. But yeah, as you mentioned, like I do not really follow, you know, the video game sphere very much at all, but I'm constantly seeing Kojima retweeted into my feed from, you know, major filmmakers and people like that talking, you know, with, with, I guess, sharing his takes on like current pop culture stuff that's not video games. And mm-hmm. it seems like he has a ton of respect, you know, across the entire entertainment industry. So I think you're right when you say that he could probably get, you know, people will, would be lining up to work with him basically. So. Yeah. And uh, like, there absolutely is like, like you said, when he gives his seal of approval, when he retweets something and people retweet it, it makes a difference. Like after he tweeted about how much he likes blue eye samurai, it started trending higher on Netflix. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So uh, Death Stranding, keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, no director, writer, stars attached yet. Um, but uh, definitely seems like a project that is going to be worthy of our attention. Um, speaking of projects that are worthy of our attention, this one is really fascinating to me. So Dwayne Johnson has done something that I never thought that he would do, BJ. I thought he would spend the rest of his career basically just being a brand ambassador for his tequila empire and making kind of forgettable, <laughs> like blah action movies with, you know, the cameos from Kevin Hart or something. Right. Uh, but he's actually doing something that seems like it might actually challenge him a little bit as an actor. Um, he's going to be starring in a movie called the smashing machine where he's going to be playing a, uh, it's a biopic of a MMA fighter named Mark Kerr. And there was actually a, a documentary about this back in 2002 that was also called The Smashing Machine. If you, so if you want to do a little, uh, I guess, homework or sort of like research about this, um, you know, in, in advance of this movie coming out, you can seek out that project. But A24 is going to be financing and distributing this. And Benny Safdie is going to be directing this, who is one half of the Safdie brothers, the, the directing duo that were behind movies like Good Time and Uncut Gems. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of shocked, frankly, that Dwayne Johnson would uh is interested in pushing himself as a performer um because it kind of seemed like he had settled into a very comfortable what i would call creative rut uh i'm sure he would doesn't look at it that way but from the outside in it certainly seemed like he was very content to just team up with guys like ross and marshall thurber and you know brad payton and for the rest of his career and just make these like you know rampage skyscraper Uh, Yeah, Red Notice, Jungle Cruise, that kind of thing. Movies that like seem on paper, maybe like they're big crowd pleasers, but are actually just kind of forgettable nonsense. Um, So what are you thinking about this? Are you excited about this? And and, uh, I guess sub question, do you know the story of Mark Kerr? Because I know that you're more into like the wrestling world. And MMA is a separate thing, but maybe it's adjacent enough for you to know who that is. So so I do know Mark Kerr and... I think, honestly, like if this was being made like a couple years ago, I would say that they should have gotten Kurt Angle to play the character, but that's neither here nor there. Mm. Um, I think that this is going to absolutely challenge Dwayne Johnson in a way he's never been challenged before. And I'm cautiously optimistic because as a performer, we have seen him be very like hyper controlling of his brand of like who Dwayne Johnson is as a movie star. We've all heard the stories about, you know, what's in the contracts between him and Vin Diesel on fast movies. Like we've heard all these stories. So for him to take on a role that will require him to be vulnerable, that will require him to play a little bit out of character, but it does still allow him to be huge. Cause Mark, Mark Kerr is, he's a, he's a brick S house. <laughs> he's gigantic. Um, like, I think that that 
is is very good for him. But part of me is thinking that this might be, you know what? I I put all my eggs in the basket on Black Adam and that did not work. So I need to pivot and do something wildly different. And I'm thinking this might be him trying to prove himself after what was kind of an embarrassing year, uh, yeah. all things considered for him. Um, and I think, I think the Safdie bros, I mean, Benny Safdie in particular, I think are really talented directors. And as long as he listens to the, the advice that they give, this could be really something for him. And like, he could possibly get to do the Dave Batista route and be a serious wrestler turned actor. Yeah, I mean, in the early days of The Rock's acting career, not the very early days, like the, uh, God, what was the, what was the mummy spinoff? Uh, Scorpion King. Scorpion like that, King. <laughs> not, not that early, but like early-ish, like early 2000s, maybe like right around 2010-ish or something. I remember seriously thinking like, man, The Rock actually, I feel like he might win an Oscar one day. Like it feels like he could, he has the potential to you know find just the right role and he's he certainly has the drive and determination that like if he actually applies himself and you know does the work i i really think that and he has like a natural charisma obviously too and then his career over the past 10 years or so just kind of proved to me that he was not interested in going that route and i kind of felt silly for thinking that ever like it kind of you know with every with every subsequent movie it made me go like oh man like i was so wrong about you know potentially uh or about like making that prediction but this decision which again i I cannot stress enough how um how dramatic it is for a, a guy who is that familiar and that much in the rut to like actively choose to come out of it and and you know, make this, uh, take on something challenging like this. Um, this decision just makes me think like maybe he's actually interested in, yeah, kind of like you said, like, you know, just, um, d- veering into a different direction with his career and maybe actually going after that Oscar. Cause I, f- I feel like he had, maybe he said or, or something early on in his career that he wants to win one or wanted to win one, or just like wanted to be, you know, seen as like a, he wanted to be validated. He wanted to be seen as like a legitimate mm-hmm. performer, not just a wrestler turned actor kind of thing. Um, and I, I, I don't know, something like this role, which seems like it's giving him a little bit of familiarity. You know, he obviously came from the wrestling world. Like this is still like him as a big athlete in the, in a ring type of situation. But also getting that sort of down and dirty safety aspect for A24 of all places. I mean, it just seems like a very, very exciting project to me. So, um, well, I mean, when you're as big as he is, like there are only so many characters that an audience will believably allow you to play. Like, as much as I love Arnold Schwarzenegger as a family man in movies like Jingle All the Way, like it, there is kind of this cognitive dissonance that happens where you're like, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. whose dad is that buff? Um, yeah. <laughs> so for him to be able to have, like, this seems like a va- like a perfect role for him because he doesn't have to make himself smaller. He can still exist in like the gigantic frame that he's obviously dedicated his life to having, and also do something seriously compelling as a- as an actor. And so if he nails this, like that, it's going to be a game changer for him. Yeah, I, I f- was thinking a lot about Tom Cruise sort of in comparison because Cruise, I feel like in the past decade as well, has kind of slipped into a similar playbook where he's worked with the same handful, like very, very small handful of filmmakers. And the the quality of Cruise's movies over the past 10 years have certainly been you know higher than stuff like Skyscraper and, and Rampage right, or whatever. Right. But like that, that creative ceiling that he seems to have placed 
on himself or or that box that he seems to have stepped into. It kind of feels like, you know, Jack Reacher never go back and Top Gun Maverick and even the Mission Impossible sequels kind of feel like Cruz like staying in one lane. And he started his career in such an exciting way of working with all these like top tier master filmmakers and like really pushing himself as an actor. And then it kind of, he's kind of settled into being quote unquote, just an action star. And I, if Dwayne Johnson can make that shift, you know, at this point in his his career, maybe Tom Cruise will realize, Hey, there's a pathway here, you know, that this can be done. Like I, I don't have to necessarily just, uh, collaborate with Chris McQuarrie every every movie for the rest of my life. I mean, and again, like I really like their collaborations. I'm not trying to take anything away from that, but there is something special about seeing that there would be something special about seeing Tom Cruise return to being like a real actor again instead of a movie star. And he's a great movie star and a great action star, but like that idea of him getting back to his roots and kind of like taking on something challenging is, is just as exciting to me as, uh, as what Dwayne Johnson seems to be doing with this movie. So definitely um, cool. All right, well, let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about some more movie news. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly. When you place your first wager at Bet MGM, simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code champion 150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Okay, so did you see this story about how George Clooney says that there is a script for Ocean's 14? Yes. Okay. So first off, um, I felt extremely old thinking about this. I was like, I really liked Ocean's 13. How long ago was that? 16 years? Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so there was that. <laughs> um, I, I'm for it. I want I want more Ocean's movies. <laughs> I was wondering about that because like on the surface, my, my gut reaction is like, oh yeah, give me more of this. Get Soderbergh and get the whole gang back together. The, the surviving members anyway. I think they've lost a couple members. Bernie Mac and, uh, and uh, Alec Gould, I believe, have passed since the last time they got together. Um, so like you couldn't get the exact team back together, but, uh, actually I'll, I'll read Clooney's quote here. So in an interview with Uproxx, he said, we have a really good script for another oceans now. So we may end up doing another one. It's actually a great script. Uh, he said, I don't want to call it basically he, he, uh, he, he said, I mean, the idea is kind of like going in style, which is a 1979 movie that I've never seen that starred George Burns and Art Carney. And it's basically about like a bunch of old guys who are really bored and they just decide to rob a bank because they're <laughs> sick of just like sitting around and going to the park and doing old guy stuff every day. Um, that movie was remade uh, not too long ago with like, I think Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine or something. And I, I, it did not get good reviews and I heard terrible things about it. So I did not see that version, but have you ever seen the 1970s going in style BJ? 
I haven't. And I do also want to say Elliot Gould luckily is still alive. He's just really old now. <laughs> oh, thank God. Okay, good. Uh, th- there was some other member of the Oceans cast I thought that, that passed away recently, but maybe it's just Bernie Mac. So uh, that's good if that, yes, <laughs> that's the, the case. <laughs> I would like, I would love to see him come back. I have not seen this movie that he's talking about, but I do really love that like, that type of movie like i love weird heist movies from the 70s where it's just like we're doing it because we can like one of my favorite movies is the great texas dynamite chase where they just rob banks with dynamite because they can um <laughs> like i think that that's fun and i also am a total sucker for like getting the band back together kind of movies and i'm also a sucker for when they do it when they're all old so uh <laughs> they're just selling me more on this and now i'm gonna go watch going in style because i want to see how this turns out and then fantasy book all of the oceans characters in their place yeah i'm definitely curious about going in style so i'm I'm adding that to my watch list so if nothing else this story has uh has given us that gift potentially um but i do wonder bj about like the idea of um of you know taking stretching this franchise out beyond its selling point like as you mentioned it's been 16 years since ocean 13 mm-hmm. and like is there something maybe a little sad about getting that gang back together you know all these years later and everybody you know has aged and looks different and whatever like a, a good example maybe is is um what netflix just released the trailer for beverly hills cop axel f which mm-hmm. brings eddie murphy back to playing you know that character after what seems like decades i don't remember when uh, uh beverly hills cop 3 came out but i want to say it was like the the very very early 90s or like late 80s even so um just the idea that like oh in 2024 we're doing another version of this and uh i don't know it just kind of seems like desperation is a stinky cologne you know to, to quote super troopers but um i don't know what, what did you see that uh that Uh, Beverly Hills Cop trailer. Did you watch that at all? So I saw the trailer and I'm very like, hmm, you know, I kind of want to see it. But the thing that I keep thinking about, though, is that um, Bad Boys for Life came almost 20 years after Bad Boys 2. And I thought that movie was real fun. And I thought they they handled the idea of we're doing it again and we're old now, um, even though they're not they're not that old. But uh, it, it worked for me. And I think all of like this cast is so charismatic that they, if anyone could pull it off and kind of lean into, you know, the, the necessary self-deprecation that kind of would have to come with something like this, I think they could do it. Um, I, I don't know, but yeah, I, I, I see your point though with, with the new Beverly Hills cop movie, which I want to love so bad and I'm so afraid it's going to break my heart. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a little worried about that, but I'm glad you mentioned bad boys for life because I, I've never seen that movie. Um, and so I feel like maybe if I was armed with that knowledge, maybe I would think about this whole situation differently. Like maybe if I had that as a data point to compare, you know, to, to use as a good example of like how this kind of thing could actually work. Um, mm-hmm. maybe I would, I would, yeah, think about this a little bit differently. So anyway, Ocean's 14 may be happening. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop colon Axel F, which is a terrible title because... Yeah, what is that? <laughs> well, his, his the character's name is Axel Foley, well, right? Well, I know, but and, why and would the, they just call it Axel Foley? <laughs> I don't know. The, the song is called Axel F, the, the theme song, the famous theme song okay, for Beverly true. Hills Cop. But like, it's such a bizarre decision to be like... Beverly Hills Cop, colon, the name of the theme song. <laughs> like, nobody nobody really knows that. Um, right, right. So it's just, yeah, so strange. Why wouldn't you just call it Axel Foley as a subtitle? I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's coming to Netflix um, sometime next year. 
And uh, the last story that I wanted to mention is um, Universal is working on a new Wolfman movie and have been for a long time. And Ryan Gosling was attached to star in that for years. I think uh, Darren C- Derek C. in France, the director of uh, Blue Valentine and The Place Beyond the Pines, who's worked with Gosling a couple times, obviously, uh, was going to be directing this movie. And now... Uh, that's not happening. Lee Wanell is going to be coming back to the director's chair. Originally, I think he pitched this project and then stepped away as Gosling and C in France came in. And now Gosling and C in France are both out and Lee Wanell is back in. And then Christopher Abbott has been cast as the the new lead of this movie. Um, what's your read on this, BJ? Are you excited about this? Okay. Let me preface this by saying I love Ryan Gosling with all of my heart. He is Knuff. I love him so much. (laughs) Christopher Abbott is like one of my new guys where it's like, who's your guy? Like Christopher Abbott's one of my guys because he's so good at playing like (laughs) hot and horny weirdos. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is a necessary aspect to, to play a quality Wolfman because you have to deal with your body changing and having weird feelings about it. And I really want to see what he's going to do with this character. And I'm also very excited that Lee Winnell is coming back because I am a huge fan of his take on the invisible man. Mm -hmm. So I'm very curious to see how he's going to treat the Wolfman because I know he's not going to do it like traditional, like there's just no way. So what's he going to do? And now I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And um, Universal is like speeding this along. I think it's supposed to come out in theaters on October 25th of, of 2024. So like, this coming Halloween, this movie's going to be in theaters, which is, uh, yeah, kind of a, a bit of a fast track considering how long this movie has been sort of um, gestating for a little while. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this too. Like Abbott, I, I like him as an actor. Maybe he's not quite, he hasn't quite reached one of my guys' status uh, like he has for you, but uh, every project I see him in, I like him more and more. Um, I just need to see more of his stuff. I've, I've seen him in like a handful of movies. I saw him in a movie earlier this year called Sanctuary that I talked yeah. briefly about on the podcast. <laughs> and that one is like, uh, I, I feel like criminally underseen this year. And I, I'm pretty sure it's just streaming on Hulu and people can watch it right now. Um, but like, I feel like that's one of the best movies of the year that nobody's really talking about. So um, he is great in that. And if you want to get a sense of like who he is as a performer, I feel like that's a, a good place to start. But um, do you, do you have also, any like favorite performances of his? Um, Black Bear. I don't know if you saw that one. I didn't. With, is that the one with, uh, uh, with Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza? Plaza? Yeah. Yeah. So it is so good. Um, and it's Aubrey Plaza, Sarah Gaddon, and then Christopher Abbott. So it's mostly the three of them. But they're playing like kind of three versions of the same story. You'll see it when you see it. It's, I don't want to spoil things, <laughs> um, but he's the, like the guy in it. So he's got to hold his own with these two women and he's incredible. Um, I obviously love Possessor uh, quite a bit because I'm yeah. a sicko. So that should not be, you know, a surprise to anybody. And he's great in poor things. So, you know, oh, yeah, he's, he's right. on a hot streak with me right now. Yeah, he does. And, and uh, Margaret Qualley, who is also in, uh, Sanctuary pops up in yeah. a very small role in Poor Things as well. So it was a nice little reunion for the two of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good stuff there. Excellent. Okay. Well, uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what what uh, Winnell and, and the rest of his collaborators do with this new Wolfman movie, because it seems like, you know, ever since the, um, the Dark Universe kind of infamously uh, stepped on a rake and <laughs> just like completely stumbled and, and disintegrated, I've been wondering just, you know, how Universal was going to tackle these projects and it seems like the only ones that have been really gotten off the ground so far have been Lee Winnell projects so uh, I'm excited about that 
Um, cause I also really enjoyed the invisible man from 2020. It was like one of the uh, last movies to come out in theaters mm-hmm. before everything shut down for COVID. So, yep. um, okay, good. Any, any closing thoughts on anything that we touched on here that, that you didn't get to say, BJ? I mean, movies are good. That's all I got to <laughs> say. Movies are good. Movies are great. I'm very excited heading into 2024 with all of these wonderful things that have been announced. Um, I know there's been some worry about whether or not like the box office is going to be okay next year, but I don't think about numbers. I think about quality and what movies make me feel and I'm going to feel some feels next year and I'm excited. Awesome. Okay. That's going to do it for today's episode of the show. You can find much more about all the stories that we mentioned at slashfilm.com. I will link to a bunch of them in the show notes as well. Slashfilm Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on slashfilm.com. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Overcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe to our newsletter. There's a link for that in the show notes. Send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at bpearson at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you all on Monday. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.